Hey, this is Preston Gibson, and you're listening to the Euchre Media Podcast. Hello, Euchre Media family. Vladimir Bragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 72 of the Euchre Media Podcast, where I serve our Euchre Media family with daily interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Preston Gibson. He's a very talented freelance motion designer from St. Louis. But before I play my interview with Preston, I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, ActionVFX.com. They have over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras from explosions fire water smoke gun effects debris particles weather blood and gore they have your assets covered save on render time with real elements no more simulation go to actionvfx.com again go to actionvfx.com and now here's my conversation with preston gibson enjoy preston welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know uh, thanks for having me man Something that most people don't know about me. I play a bunch of different instruments. So I play. Oh, how like many? Guitar- yeah, uh, it's hard to count. And, oh, wow. and I'm mostly a guitar player, but uh, I play banjo. Um, nice. A little bit of mandolin and like a tiny bit of fiddle. So I took some like banjo and fiddle lessons here in St. Louis for a while and played in a band that was kind of like folky Americana stuff. So that's sort of a, one of my major hobbies outside of what I do. That's pretty neat, man. Now, Preston, let's transition to your talking about your creative journey. So let's start from the very beginning. How did you get started in your creative field? Oh, man, the very beginning? Like uh, you can go as far back <laughs> as you want. I'll give you the long <laughs> We got version. time. Uh, sure. Yeah, so I started making videos in high school. Mostly my brother and I and all of our friends were like skateboarders. Uh, oh, cool. And I, I wanted to make like cool videos to like, you know, if I could cut like cool reels of us doing tricks really nice. poorly and you know, put music (laughs) to it and stuff like that. So it was definitely just like a weird outgrowth of wanting to sort of shine light on ourselves and like show us doing cool tricks and whatever. And so that turned into like doing videos for like classwork and just for fun. Uh, So then I ended up going to to college and I wanted to, so I knew I wanted to do something like somewhat related, like video or media in general. I made like a website for our group too. So that was sort of out there. So So I went to college originally for like advertising and TV and radio production. Oh, wow. And so for the that like four-year undergrad path, I just sort of slowly got more and more into the post-production area of video. And I remember it in high school when I was making skateboarding videos that like, I think it was Creative Cow. I saw an early Andrew Kramer tutorial on motion graphics. <laughs> and I was like, that's a thing? It was kind of mind-blowing. <laughs> and Andrew Kramer. so, yeah, so like then a few years down the road, I was like, how can I learn this motion graphics stuff? And uh, I found Andrew Kramer and that was like the early days of Video Copilot, but he had the like basic how to use After Effects series. And that really started me on my path. I basically just ate every tutorial he had out. you know. <laughs> and nice. uh, so that was my path. And then I ended up when I graduated from undergrad, I was like, I think I need to explore this motion design thing a little bit more. So I decided to get a master's and so I ended up going to SCAD in Savannah nice. for Good school. To, yeah. yeah, for sure. And so I ended up getting uh, my MFA in motion design. And then I moved back to St. Louis because I had a job lined up. And so I've been here for the last I guess, uh, seven years uh, working professionally in motion design and visual effects and all that kind of fun stuff. Have you always been a freelancer or did you work for somebody else? No, I um I actually just went freelance. I'm going on a year now. 
Uh, wow. Like I said, I moved back from SCAD. I had a full-time job at a studio called Cool Fire. And I spent, nice. I think it was like two and a half years there. And then I moved over to another studio here in town called 90 Degrees West. And uh, where I put... Originally, my, my job at Cool Fire, I was uh, motion graphics and editing. So I did a little bit of editing too. And then at 90, I was sort of a creative lead and senior motion design. So like specifically just like motion graphics and visual effects and sort of leading projects and that sort of thing. So I've only been freelance for, for about a year. Really? So what was that like transitioning to freelance? Scary, but um, awesome. <laughs> uh, I mean, the obvious like unknowns of it were definitely kind of intimidating, but man, I really love being freelance now, especially, I mean, I love going into studios and stuff, but I, I would say like 99% of my work has been remote and I really dig it. Yeah. I work from home as well. And it's nice, man. Now, what was, what about like when you first transitioned, did you have clients lined up already or did you just kind of quit cold Turkey and start looking for them at different events and things like that? So I, um, I mean, I knew I had connections with different studios, like in, including the, some of the places that I worked for and other studios here in town, but also studios elsewhere, like in Chicago. And it was a lot of cold calling. Well, not really cold calling, but, you know, cold emails and, and right, like right. hitting people up on social media. So no, not really. In fact, I took a month off right wow. out of the gate. I was like, I need a, to kind of like chill Refocus. out and get my yeah. stuff together. Yeah. And, I, you know, you have all the like, I want to get my like books to get, you know, my uh, QuickBooks and like finances and and uh, and take a month basically to like, you know, hound people and hit people up that I didn't know. So I kind of gave myself that buffer out of the gate. And uh, I think that was a good call. No, that's great. Now, what advice would you give to someone who wants to transition to freelance? Hmm. That's a good question. Well, definitely like no. So I'm I'm primarily working with studios. I've worked with like direct to client in the past. I work mostly with studios. And so like, if that's, if, if that's the thing you want to do, then definitely find the right person to connect with like a producer or a creative director. And don't be afraid to reach out to people either and expect that you might not get an email back or maybe it'll take a week or two or a month. I mean, I've gotten random emails, like follow up, like way down the road, but also just like, you know, there's the whole business side of it. So you have to really know what you're getting into entirely. And then especially if you're going to work directly with clients, just realize that you've also got that, that side of the like creative direction. And, you know, you want to be a little tighter about like contracts and stuff like that. So there's just different levels of what you need to keep in mind, I think. Now, what's something that you don't like about freelancing? Putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Oh, that's, I mean, I, I do miss, you know, working with my friends. Um, mm, and having one, people yeah. to be like, uh, or even like not related to work, just, you know, walking in every morning and making bad jokes or, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I do miss the like camaraderie of it. And also just like the, I think I'm getting used to it now, but the ups and downs, like you have to get used to, um, work being less regular. And the funny like thing is, I think it was stuff. totally, yeah. Or like, yeah, a uh, it was funny. I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. He's also a freelancer, and we were just kind of commiserating about that. I was like, "Yeah, the first week of no work is like, oh, this is awesome. I get a week off. Two weeks is like, I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of bored. Three weeks, you're just full on paranoid. Like, I'm never gonna work again. But <laughs> start it's looking just, for a job. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, it's just like uh, it's getting used to that, you know. But the funny thing is, I think that's like what full time feels like too. You just always have a place True. to go, and you you have a regular paycheck. So. It's just kind of like grappling with that, like learning to ride the wave. 
it does take some time adjusting to it. it, it it's, it's not something that, I mean, I've, I haven't done it before. So for me, it was something that you used to, like all of a sudden you have a different schedule, you're one place, now you have to balance different things. So it's it's definitely a lot of work. <laughs> now let's transition to uh, to something totally dark. I want you to tell us the story of your worst moment in your creative journey. So Preston, take it away. Don't hold back any punches, man. Oh man, here we go. <laughs> dark, the dark night of my design soul. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, everybody's got their like horror stories about like terrible jobs. Like the the lowest point that like in that regard is like when you're like literally I'm in Cinema 4D in my head when I'm sleeping and I'm like working, you know, and then I wake up and I'm like, I didn't get anything accomplished, but I was pretty sure I was working all night. Uh, but man, I, I think the like lowest point in my journey, because it feels like I just kind of got lucky and wound up where I am. Uh, it took a lot of hard work, but early on, I definitely didn't have the confidence or like think that I was really cut out for like a creative job, especially not like design oriented. So when I first went to SCAD, I went online for my first year. And after the first quarter, I think it was like maybe the middle of the second quarter, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I, like it was just really intimidating. You know, you're kind of in a group with other people who some of them are like, already have like a graphic design degree so they're really good and know what they're doing and here i am i had like no design background at all i was just like video editing and stuff yeah so that was just like really intimidating and and going online you feel kind of disconnected from the process so that was uh i actually applied for a job that quarter and i was like if i get this job i'll just leave school and i'll just i'll just start working (laughs) and thankfully I, i didn't and i had no business really applying for the job, but I just was like kind of hedging my bets, you know, and like looking for like an easy out in case I was just like, uh, I got to quit. And man, I'm really glad I didn't obviously, because I wouldn't be where I am now. But uh, that was definitely like a, the trial of my design soul. (laughs) That's funny. Now let's shift gears and talk about something positive. Tell us the story of the best moment in your creative journey. Okay. So I have a few probably. Cause Sounds like good. Awesome. I had some like really good high points that I didn't ever expect to, to get. So one of them, um, I'll, I'll start with the, one of the higher profile ones The I did a music video with some of my friends for, uh, a rap group called run the jewels. And that was like, run the jewels was like the biggest hip hop group of like, I don't know, I guess it was like 2016. Maybe they dropped a second album when I just started working at 90 and we reached out and they were like, cool do a music video for us and it kind of exploded like we just we hit them at the right time because their album was like just enormous and they were just all over the place doing interviews and all kinds of stuff so we made this music video for them and then of course we were just like writing on their their press but it was like every media outlet i could imagine like had some kind of article on us on this music video that we did so it was kind of like insane for us because we just wanted to like make something cool for an artist that we really liked and respected and we just uh it was kind of berserk like we just didn't expect that level of like rolling stone talking about our music videos kind of insane so that's definitely one of the high points and then another one that definitely jumps out is like the day after i went freelance well actually so like the day after my first day as freelance which I, like I said, went on vacation, but so I'm on an airplane going to my buddy's wedding and we had just released this little short film called The Climb, which is this goofy CG, uh, like minute long short. And uh, 
I was on a plane, we landed, and I had all these text messages from my friends that are like, you got a staff pick. And so our, uh, this was like our first Vimeo staff pick ever. So it was just like, and, and so my first day as freelance, I got my first staff pick. So I was like, this is nuts. I've made the right decision. I was so (laughs) excited. So that was definitely like a high point. I was like, okay, I'm walking into this freelance thing feeling pretty (laughs) No, and I checked out your demo reel. My goodness, dude, you're, you're next level kind of stuff. Oh, thanks, man. So I got, I got to see that little uh, video that you worked on. Oh yeah. It's pretty sweet, man. It looked awesome. Like, I love how you kind of like, it's it's throughout the whole demo reel. It's like this. It's building up to him climbing up, yeah. you know. And there's all this music. It was really cool, man. I like how you it. Did definitely it. worked out. It's funny because I was like cutting my reel right before I left too, and we had just finished that piece, and I was like, man, this is like a great little like silly metaphor like bookend for my reel. So I definitely was like, okay. And obviously, I just finished it, so I wanted it to like kind of <laughs> have a huge part of my reel. So it just worked out really well. No, it's definitely the, your music selection, everything. It was like, I was glued, man. And I'm, I'm going to post it on our website or in the show notes for others to see. But we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by our friends from ActionVFX.com. They provide the best stock footage elements for professional visual effects from explosions, fire and smoke, muzzle flashes and bullet shells and gun effects to debris and particles. They have your assets covered. Available in 4K, 100% royalty free. They also have over 250 free VFX elements for you to download. Stuff like free fire sound effects, spell hits, bullet shells, blood mist, bullet hole textures, dust waves, water sound effects, explosion sound, and the list goes on and on. If that's not enough, then check out their tutorials and blogs. ActionVFX.com is a great online resource. Save on render time with real elements, no more simulations. Go to ActionVFX.com. Again, go to ActionVFX.com. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back. So we have a quick Q&A round, total of about six questions. First question, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers and animators, what would it be? Yeah, so my sort of philosophy especially during grad school when i was like really trying in earnest to like become a motion designer for me every project needed to be better than the last one and that's not sustainable over the long term but early on for sure it's like you should be seeing some like serious progress from project to project i think that would be my uh, like it's sort of general advice more specific advice would be just like find something you really like, like don't feel like you have to like specialize early on. You definitely don't, but find something you really like that, you know, you can like sink your teeth into and you're going to get passionate about, because I think to get good at anything, you really have to be super passionate and like live and breathe, you know, character design or whatever. So true, Cause it's hard to compete against those that are passionate about what they do. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's just hard to get good at anything if you're not really super excited about it so that you're going to like dump, stupid amounts of hours into it because that's what it takes mm-hmm. no i agree with that 100 percent. now for this next question i'm curious what your answer will be I, I think i have an idea but we'll see what profession other than your own would you like to attempt we'll see if i'm right <laughs> oh that's a good question you're yeah you're probably thinking i would say musician yep. which is definitely one of them i would actually say so i my other like weird side passion that definitely isn't like a professional thing is beer and really probably like craft whiskey. beer yeah yeah, definitely. I mean, for like the last, you know, more than a decade, I've just sort of wow. like really enjoyed it. But like, uh, I and that's probably uh, whiskey too is kind of an offshoot of that. So <laughs> I would probably like genuinely consider like brewing or being some part of like a brewing 
facility or like even a distillery, even if it's like branding or something, I just like am like pretty into it. So I could see myself being in that industry. Have you brewed your own beer before? Like with the kit or anything like that? I have. Oh yeah. What was that like? Like in waves. Like I, I, uh, I think I've brewed like, I don't know, five or six times and it's always like two years apart. So I never get like super into it, but like some of my best friends are like diehard brewers. Um, uh, one of my best friends is like a, a cert, like advanced Cicerone, which is like a sommelier is for wine. So it's a lot of work. It's like manual labor and it's also oh, yeah. a lot of, but it's cool because it's like super creative and you're constantly thinking about how you can like mix different ingredients. It's kind of, it has a lot of parallels to design, I think. Interesting. In that way. That's pretty Same cool. Same thing man. with music too, though. Like it's, it's like writing a song is a lot like designing something like you're thinking about like levels of detail and like making contrasts and stuff like that. So no, it's interesting. Me and Sergey, my my twin brother, we we actually talked about that this morning. We were working out and we were talking about music and how he wants to write us like a song. He said, "Before I die, he's like, I want to write a song. Just he wants to try because he he plays the guitar, but anyway, but he never tried writing cool a songwriting. So, but it's true. I I always mention this guy. I interviewed a blind uh, painter. His name I forget. What was his name? Oh, oh wow. Gosh. But anyway, but he he would uh, like he would listen to music and he would paint. To music he says that he can see color when listening to music and like all this motion wow. all this stuff so that that was like deep synesthesia man. yeah that's crazy that's super cool the, the yeah i just I, I don't know that that was sort of a eye-opening moment for me and when i was trying to learn design I was like oh this feels like you know you've got like your bass and your like rhythm section and you've got little sprinkles of other stuff like definitely definite parallels to like design and um that, yeah it was like a, an epiphany for me no, it seems like everything you do in life, it carries over. Even like, you know, English is my fourth language and just like learning oh, wow. different languages and I, it all carries over. Different experiences like working as a waiter carries over as well because oh, yeah. you learn to read people. There's, it, it's all client, like... It, client services. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You learn to, you know, read people. And uh, so I think it all adds up. So any experience, I always welcome it. Even negative ones, man. You learn something from everything, right? For sure. For sure. No <laughs> now, doubt. share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Mm, personal habits. I am... Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like my girlfriend would have a lot of answers <laughs> yeah. to this question. I'm super... I, like I, it kind of goes back to like the find something you're ready to like sink into. Cause like I spend a lot of time, even when I'm like on the couch, I'm watching videos on like color theory or weird niche CG stuff. I just, I, I don't know if that's like a habit necessarily or just like a lifestyle. Like I'm just kind of obsessed with stuff. I also, another thing that's helped me along the way is just like following my interests. I guess that's sort of a habit. And trying not to put like blockades up too much because like obviously there's a point where you're like, I don't need to learn every piece of software, but being open to that and just curious, I think helps a lot. Now, Preston, what are you not good at? This is a question I wasn't uh, going to ask, but may yeah, as well ask. Because I'm so good at everything. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't draw. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't draw. Um, I've learned that I can technically, but I don't. And I wish I could. I wish I had like picked it up earlier. I feel like that's sort of like learning another language in a lot it's of ways. True. Like it's a lot easier if you start early, like at a young age. So I don't really have that skill. I'm also not very good at delegating work. Like when I'm in a position of like 
uh, like creative lead or something, it can sometimes still be really difficult for me to like say, okay, you do this and I'll do just this little bit. I still have that, like, I want to kind of handle everything, not because I don't trust people, but because I'm just like, I feel like I take too much responsibility probably. Yeah. For, I'm like, the same way. It's tough. A like, project. Even like editing podcasts, like I still do it. It's not because oh, yeah. it's just it's so hard to, ah, do you get used to certain routines and you just feel like you can do mm-hmm. it? Not, maybe not better, but you, it's also like, yeah, you, you de- sort of develop this process and you feel like, oh my God, if I'm going to like, I'd be happy to give you that work, but then I'd have to like explain all of it and like every step that I take, which is like not necessarily the case, but you kind of have that, you feel like you've got to like explain how you do it. When in reality, like somebody is perfectly capable of like learning how to do things themselves. But um, it's, I think it's partially that you just don't, I have trouble like letting things go mostly because I don't, I feel like a, a obligation to like over explain things or something. Yeah. And I worked in places where there's always this one guy who, who's overwhelmed because he's got so much work and mainly because he just never delegated his work to anyone. And so now yeah, everything depends a on him. Manager. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, yeah, it's, it's a bad habit for sure. And it's something that I'm like definitely actively like trying to work on. It's, it's even harder when you're like remote freelance, obviously, cause like I'm a one man shop or like I'm only ever getting a small piece of the pie now. So I don't really have to worry about that. So it's, it's it's a challenge. No, and even like from the financial point of view, like you know, if you delegate to somebody else, that means you have to. If you're a freelancer, that yeah. means you have to hire someone They're else. Cut. They're getting cut. Yeah. So yeah, and it's a it. But to grow and to expand, you kind of have to balance it out to where slowly, kind of, I don't know, get yourself out of those things that are not as important. You know, maybe you can spend more time looking for work instead of doing those. You know elementary things that you can probably outsource but the struggle is real for sure man yeah and your work you know a lot of times when you find collaborators that you can trust and you work in a team your work's better and that's another like the irony of it is like oh no i want to do this so i know it's done to my liking but then like it may not be as good as if you like (laughs) let somebody else help you that's true it's a risk that you have to take right now where do you get your inspiration from oh inspiration you know a lot of the stuff that I really like right now is like video game art. And I'm not really like a video game player all that much, but it's just like people that I found on like Twitter mainly that I really like their, I don't know, like low poly hand painted characters and props and stuff. I just really love that aesthetic. And I think it's maybe just because I've gotten more into 3D the last few years that I'm looking more at that kind of stuff. Another thing I really have always loved is just like cinematography, like really gorgeous film. That's always been a big like lighting and and yeah, and then that gets into like classical Renaissance painting, like people that literally painted with light. That stuff's always a huge inspiration. You know, I'm curious. I want to ask you this question real quick. So again, this is something I didn't tell you I was going to ask, but I'll ask anyway. Now, yeah. let's say you're graduating from college. And uh, you only have a laptop and, and maybe enough money for three months of rent. What would you do first? Oh, man. If I had a laptop. If you had a laptop, internet connection, rent. and like three months of rent. Maybe like 500 bucks oh. in the bank. <laughs> man. So in, in like skill level wise, am I like starting out with like a you know, let's say you have college a, you, degree level? Yeah, you, you're college. Like, you know, when, when you graduate from college, say just a bachelor. Yeah, you, okay. you're solid, ready for some kind of entry, something. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I would say I had a job right out of the gate. Like I didn't start off freelance and I think that's really important. So my first step would definitely be like, look for a job or look for a city that you want to live in and has plenty of jobs, because I think you're going to 
that's going to be your best bet. But like, as far as like what's out there on the internet, there's so much you can learn. And now as like remote freelance, I'm definitely seeing where there's like a ton of opportunities work-wise too, and different channels for finding it. So yeah, I don't know. I guess it just depends on like what your, what your motivation is, but I would strongly recommend getting a full-time job for anybody coming out of school. If you can, if you can find it, yeah, I definitely wouldn't go freelance right out of the gate. That's what I was going to ask you. You don't think you don't recommend going freelance? It's probably best to just think get so. your feet wet, get the feel for the industry, what people are doing, and then maybe step out and try freelancing. Yeah, dude, I learned so much on the job in the first like two or three months that were like things that I didn't think I needed to know. I like had no idea, you know, like dumb stuff. Like I was, I was editing in After Effects. Like I cut my reel in After. And the guys were like, "Why? Why were you doing that?" And I, was like, <laughs> I don't know. Like weird stuff like that, or you know, just like sending stuff to audio and how that needs to be prepped and stuff like that. That you're just not like you can be the most like kick-ass designer, twenty-two-year-old whatever phenom. Um, <laughs> but there's so much stuff that you need to learn. I think about how things get made and like the proper way to do things, and then just like working with other people, even if it's not like collaboration, it's like um how to work around other people is super important even when you like say you get like me like you go remote freelance down the road is you still got all those skills of like working at uh playing well with others you know yeah and getting to know people as well like you know the producers directors and all the yeah, other right people and, sure. and then like learning all the different software they use to manage projects or that's something that was eye-opening for me just learning what different tools people use and speaking of tools now recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life okay yeah definitely um lester banks is like my go-to yes i love lester banks Banks. it's and it's funny because like there's always been outlets for that kind of stuff but lester banks just kind of hits the sweet spot for me because it's like a mix of like cg and then like 2d tinkery after effects stuff that i really love like Euchre Media, I think that's where I've seen your your tutorials is like Lester Banks. He was yeah, Lester Banks um, so, was nice to us. He's he's been posting a lot of yeah, stuff. dude. I love that. I love Lester Banks. That's my number one. The other one is Twitter. Honestly, I've I've just like gotten really deep into Twitter, and I've met so many people, and I found like like I said, like different kinds of work that are really inspiring or that are aren't necessarily like motion design, but it's. It, I found it really easy to find stuff on there. And it also feels like there's people behind it. Like Instagram a lot of times feels like wallpaper. It's like, oh, you're just inundated with like really great looking stuff, but it feels kind of empty. Whereas like Twitter, I it's even if I don't like your opinion, like at least you're putting, <laughs> it's not just like pretty work all the time, you know? It feels like human beings behind some of it. So yeah. Now, President, last question. Is there anything coming up for you? Are you doing any speaking? Any kind of big projects you're working on? Oh man, that's a good question. <laughs> putting you on the spot no spot. i'm uh uh no you're fine i have done like some speaking stuff in the past i don't think i have anything lined up right now but i'm about to start another big job with um iv in nashville nice. uh which is, they're super great so i'm excited about that and that's going to be like a kind of a longer gig so that's like what basically what my horizon is looking like is like working with those guys again and just enjoying the summer sounds good man and absolutely last question how can people get in touch with you you can email me at hello at prestongibson.com or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And I have the worst handle, but it's just my name, <laughs> Preston Gibson with an underscore at the end. 
That's because I just can't, like Preston Gibson has taken. So there's I a lot of like yeah. Dumb handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, you can definitely find me on there. Sounds good. Well, Preston, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, man. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Preston Gibson. Make sure to check out PrestonGibson.com. Again, it's PrestonGibson.com. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at EucroMedia.com slash 72. And make sure to check out ActionVFX.com. Remember, they have your assets covered. Over 2,500 elements of professionally shot VFX stock footage captured on the latest red cameras from explosions, fire, water, smoke, gun effects, debris, particles, weather, blood, and gore, go to actionvfx.com. Again, go to actionvfx.com. And lastly, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Ecromedia Podcast. Bye-bye.